Welcome, you are listening to the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast, where you'll hear fun, relaxed, and inspirational interviews with people who are really living the dream. I'm Dawn Fleming, an attorney turned alchemist, and your host for the show, coming to you from the tropical island paradise of Isla Mujeres, Mexico. Listen to conversations with courageous souls who've stepped out of their comfort zone and designed a new way of life. They'll share their experiences, wisdom, and offer practical steps you can take to redesign your life overseas. Listen, and you'll believe if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Well, hello, everybody. I am thrilled today to be with my friend Deirdre Chin. We met in a a coaching program, and I was uh, just featured on her show. And I said, well, I, I need you to come on mine because she has made a huge move from Australia to New York City. And we actually got to meet in person uh, in October at a live event, which I missed so much. I haven't been to one of those in about two years. So that was so much fun. And she actually got to celebrate my 60th birthday with me. We went to dinner at a fabulous restaurant. So thank you so much, Deirdre, for being with me today. Really appreciate your time. I know you're such a busy lady with everything you have oh going on. Oh my gosh! So. No, it's my pleasure. I love you know I love speaking to you, Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and actually, the what we're going to talk about. I think you love you love talking. You love entrepreneurship as much as I do. So this will be a really fun chat today. Yeah, I'm just really curious personally. Um, what moving from Australia to anywhere right would be a big move, but I mean to New York City, like wow, a really very busy kind of doggy dog city, right? I mean, tell me about that experience and and why you selected to. Yeah, I think, um, you know, growing up, I've always been fascinated by um, definitely the States and and definitely New York. uh, And, you know, because it's, you you see it all the time, every, every night on TV. And so so I've always just been really fascinated with with a place like this. And um, as I said uh, to you just before we hopped on, like we've traveled a lot. Um, We, it's an Aussie thing, I think. Aussies just love traveling. I think it's because we're so far from every, <laughs> everywhere else that it's like we all feel this compulsion to, you know, go hop on a plane. And for us, it's like, ah, oh, 24 hours on a plane, whatever. We're just used to it because we're so far from literally everywhere. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, you know, my, um, my then boyfriend, now husband, and I have been traveling a lot ever since, you know, we were in university, um, all the way into, you know, working full time and stuff. So, but New York was just one of those places that we went to where I was like, cause every time I go to a new place, I'm always in the back of my mind thinking like, could I live here? Could I imagine myself living here? And there are a lot of places that I could imagine myself being for, you know, a few months, um, you know, maybe just to enjoy a particular season or something, but like not actually live there for a long amount of time until we came to New York. And I was like, I don't know, I just fell in love with the place. And it feels so, yeah. So it sounds so cliche because, you know, who doesn't love New York? That seems to be like, <laughs> but, you know, between then, which was probably, probably about, you know, 13, 14 years ago to now is a long time. Um, and so in my mind, I was always like, I think even way back then, I, I, I'd always wanted to live and move overseas, but then life happened. Life being, we started our businesses in Sydney. Um, They are brick and mortar businesses in hospitality. So we have a dessert bar called the Chock Pot and we have burger restaurants also called Stacks on Burgers. Um, You know, we grew the Chock Pot to five locations. Stacks on Burgers has two locations. And about four years ago, we um, found out that our store manager for our busiest store located in the heart of the city had been stealing from us. Um, and had been stealing like 
we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars across, you know, however many years. And I don't know, sometimes it just takes like a, you know, a bit of a pattern interrupt, a bit of a circuit breaker to kind of like jolt you out of the day-to-day, you know, the, the kind of the hamster wheel that you're, you just find yourself on. And that was kind of almost the catalyst that I think I needed to be like, is this where we want to be? You know, I've always wanted to be experiencing something different. Um, and that was kind of almost the push to be like, well, we can make this work, right? We can, we still have these businesses, but hey, let's just move over to the other side of this, the world and yeah, make it work. And so literally it was just like, I, I just, I spoke to Ash, my husband, we made this decision and then we just made it all happen. <laughs> So do you still have the businesses in Australia? Yes, we do. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And how has that been managing from afar? Um, it's, yeah, it's, look, it hasn't been the easiest only because we could not have predicted COVID. Um, and the reason being was because our plan was always to be going back, you know, once, if not twice a year, check up on them, be with the team, all of that. We haven't been able to do that in literally the last two years or so yeah. like yeah it's been it's been that long since we've been able to so obviously we're trying to do as much as we can remotely um you know the team that we have in place are trusted like we have very for hospitality business we have very very low turnover um which has been great because that means oh, yeah. that you know the systems are in place the trainings like people are trained they're they're people that we we do trust so like it can always be better like and I know that it can um but we just haven't been able to be a to be as hands-on as we would have liked to be even being you know across the world um but yeah but it's still been manageable um business is still making money it's still operating it's still been able to get through COVID which has been as everyone knows incredibly challenging especially for hospitality um so yeah so we've been quite fortunate actually in terms of how it's kind of played been able to play out well, um, Deirdre, gosh, there's so much to unpack in what you said. So uh, the the embezzlement situation, as a business attorney, I can't tell you how many times I have heard that exact same story. Mm-hmm. It is so sad. And oftentimes it, it can be family members even where this happens. And it's just so heartbreaking. I know the, the, the people that, um, you know, the victims, if you will, are just devastated by it, not just the financial loss, right? It's the breach of trust. That is really the top. You can always make more money, like the money really, at the end of the day, even if it's a lot, that's not it. It's, it's the trust that you place in these people. And to, to, you know, be betrayed like that um, is really difficult. So uh, I assume, especially with moving overseas, you must have had to really dramatically change the way you were doing things to ensure that that didn't happen again, right? By putting in in new systems. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, because we're all about systems. Like the reason why right. we were able to even like, we grew, you know, the chocolate, the brand to five stores and we did that quite rapidly. Um, and the reason why was because we had really good systems. Now, did we have systems for just in case someone was stealing from us? Like, no, because <laughs> A, we don't oper- operate that way. We don't, we don't think that way. And it was just one of those things where it was like, like, yeah, and um, so, but, you know, having been through that experience, it was like, oh, okay, we probably do need to be smarter about some of these checks and balances that we have in place. So, yes, so we now have um, systems there um, and, yeah, it's it's been great. Like, the you know, the team have been 
So good, like to the point where now, because we have this thing called Dessert of the Month um, where so Ash is kind of like the uh, dessert creator um, and uh-huh. he used to, he just loves the the creation process of like coming up with new flavours and new ways of putting them together and stuff like that. So we used to always launch a dessert of the month each month. Um, since we moved over, it kind of like fell into a little bit of a lull because I guess there wasn't that, you know, force really driving it. But actually really recently the team have come back and they're now being like, hey, what about these, like they're coming to the table with, and they're not even like, mind you, they're not dessert chefs. They're not, none of that. They're just, you know, they're, they're workers who love hospitality um, and they're now coming to the table being like, well, like, yeah, what about this and what about that? And Ash is now like engaging with them in that way and they're just going ahead and trying it and taking photos and it's just like, wow. Like, <laughs> so they're passionate about arts, which is, is yeah. what you want, right? You, yeah. you want um, workers, you know, employees who are excited about the business, right? Yeah. And, and also, it sounds like for you, I, I talk about this all the time, right? Do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Mm. And so it, that's what that's really at the end of the day. Um, I know you, you agree with me, you got to love what you do, because entrepreneurship's hard. Yes. right? It's really hard. Yes. Um, if it were easy, everybody would do it, right? And, yeah. and it was funny, I read an article uh, yesterday that I thought was so interesting. It was about a, a by a 60 year old guy who was trying to survive in the gig economy. And he, he initially he did Uber driving and, and that sort of thing. And he was making good money. And then he decided to be a freelancer. And he was probably, he's probably on five. He didn't say what platform. He's probably on Fiverr or something like that. And he was complaining about all the work that it goes into to do these proposals and the, the low amount of money that people want to pay. And it was funny. Um, I'll get your opinion on this. But I just kept thinking to myself, dude, you haven't figured out. You're not a gig worker. You're an entrepreneur, right? There's a big difference. And if you think that it's easy to survive as a gig worker, forget about it. Like you need to establish your credibility, your expertise, your branding. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, a hundred. Like I can tell you that no matter what, and, and I know we're talking about entrepreneurship and gig work, but even when you're an employee, like even when you're in corporate, everyone is selling, Everyone, we're always selling. We're always selling ourselves. We're always selling ideas. We're always selling, you know, our team. We're we're always, always selling, right? Like if we want to get promoted, if we want to get the work, if we want, like, we always have to be selling. And I think that's the big mindset shift I had to make as an entrepreneur because I, I hate, I, I hate sales. Like in the, I know, and you're introverted too. So yeah, yeah, right. And yeah, so just the thought, you know, and and I think sales gets such a bad rap, rap because of. You know, and, and I think it's it's twofold, actually. I think, you know, it gets such a bad rap because, yeah, we get so, like, inundated as we grow up by, like, the salespeople, right, the people who come to your door and they're, and they're, and you get these, like, spammy kind of call phone calls and you get, like, so there's kind of those things where you're like, oh, I don't want it, like, that's, I don't want to be seen that way, right? So that's think, one, yeah. part, one part of it. Yeah, it's the icky, icky sales bit. But then I think there's another part of it that definitely for me is is more and more true as I start to, like, realize these things that are holding me back is that it's sometimes easy to lean on this excuse of how much you hate sales or how much you don't want to be this particular person so that you tell yourself it's okay to not do it. 
Oh, yeah. amen, sister. Right. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. You're, you're telling yourself, you're giving yourself an excuse and out to not have to do it when really we have to lean into it because how else are we going to have any kind of success? And I, you know, definitely in entrepreneurship, but even as I said, in corporate, in whatever it is that you're doing, how are you going to have any success unless you can lean into sales? Um, and that was a massive, <laughs> massive shift that I had to make because I was like, I am not comfortable with this. I resisted at every step of the way. I was like, that is not me. I'm not going to do it. And now I'm like, okay, I, I am a salesperson. I, well, I, and you're I, fabulous I, at it. I like, I am so impressed with, with the little videos I've seen you do and, and you just seem like a natural. And so I, oh, I kind of, yeah, I'm just kind of in awe going, she's not, she's an introvert. And like, yeah. she, you really, um, yeah, stepped out of your comfort zone. Right. And, yes. and to do some things that are going to grow your business. So take me back to when you first got to New York now being an introvert, and I assume you didn't know a lot of people in New York. Did you know anybody really? Um, I knew. Okay. So he's like, yeah, let me, let me tell you a bit of the story. So uh, at the time, so still back in Sydney, um, kind of had made the decision with Ash. that was like, effort. We're just going to do this. Like, <laughs> you know, we're not going to worry about anything. We're just going to make this happen. Uh, because he, like, he was like, so his background is he was actually studying, studying medicine and he actually like dropped out halfway through to start this business um, because he just hated that. And so really from like you, when you look at he, what he's qualified for on paper, it's actually not much, you know, not much by like standard qualifications. Uh, me, like, yeah, I had, you know, a really great corporate career. Um, I probably could have found a job because I was working in investment bank called Macquarie Bank. I probably could have found a job in their New York, New York office, maybe, but I didn't want to make this move to still be in corporate, especially, I'm going to be honest, in New York City. <laughs> it's like incredibly brutal. Oh, yeah. It's um, got to be dog yeah. dog, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I was like, so we literally, and and then at the time I was working with Bonner, you know, Bonner, my, my current co-founder, but we were also working on this other business. We were working on a fashion technology business idea in Sydney. Um, and at the time I was like, so Ash and I were like, yeah, we're going to make this happen. We have no idea how. Um, we don't have jobs. We don't have anything. We're just going to give it a go um and I'd been working this uh this business idea with Bonner and I was like and we were having discussions of like how are we going to make this work um you know she could do she could do southern hemisphere hours I could do northern hemisphere hours like we're gonna and in the end I was just like do you just want to come like why don't you just come with us <laughs> she said yes she said yes because you know again like she didn't have anything and it's anything holding her nothing back. keeping her there right Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I packed up my, my husband, my cat and my co-founder and basically we moved to New York City. <laughs> um, so at the time, so when I was, I was um, uh, talking to a, a colleague um, or an ex-colleague at, at Macquarie and I mentioned to him that we were, we've made this decision to move to New York and he was like, oh, um, he actually knew someone who also made like a similar move, um, a little bit different because his wife works in Salesforce. So she had a job in Salesforce, but he had just signed on to be the CEO of a UK chocolate company called Hotel Chocolate. It's one of the, it's a really big chain in, in the UK. So he was like, look, I know that you guys have a background in chocolate. He's, you know, do you just want to like, you know, 
hook up and shoot the breeze. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, so he got me in touch with, um, with, with this person. And so we literally knew one person, well, kind of knew, like we didn't even really know him. We just knew of him. And <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so moved over. I got in touch with um, with with Brendan, and um, in the end, so now Ash is actually working in the business in in that business in hotel. Oh, Shopper. excellent! Yes. So what a great contact. One contact, right? right? That's exactly. all you need. All you need. That is yeah. all you need. Literally, it was. It's amazing. Um, and yeah, and so and then in the meantime, you know, Bono and I, we we tried to validate the fashion technology idea over here in New York because we were like, well, what better? What place? better? Yeah, playground. Yeah. Sure. Um, and it did not work. We were just, we made the decision to fail it because we were like, there was just, it, we didn't have the runway um, that we yeah. needed to make it happen. No um, pun intended. So, <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, so Bono and I, without knowing anyone in New York, without knowing anyone in the States, have now, so through a few iterations, um, we're now on our second iteration of a coaching business. And yeah, we're, you know, multiple six figures um, already. So, and that's with knowing no one. <laughs> we got it. Right. We'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castellito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit castellitocaribe.com www.castellitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. Is it time to go? Are you starved for adventure and new experiences? Do you feel like you're slowly dying inside, just a little, day by day? Afraid of having to work forever, with never enough money to retire, or live the life you have always imagined. Life doesn't have to be that way. Instead, imagine waking up in paradise every day saying, pinch me, is this real? Walk away with your own custom roadmap to a dream life in paradise without breaking the bank at paradiseroadmap.com. Welcome back to the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And we invite you to subscribe if you like what you hear. We're now on our second iteration of a coaching business. And yeah, we're, you know, multiple six figures um, already. So, and that's with knowing no one. <laughs> we got right. That. Yeah. Well, and, and so, yeah, I'm really interested in this part of it too, because Sometimes people think, oh, well, I know this. And so I can't step out of my lane to do mm -hmm. something else. Now, you obviously had retail experience, great success in brick and mortar. Yes. And then I know your other business was e-commerce. Yes. And now it's really more of a, a online uh, yes. software or a business. So, wow, that's like 
three different, really completely different spaces. Yeah, and we did um, agency. We did agency work in there as well. Oh, okay, <laughs> well, yeah, we forgot about that one. So, so what? I mean, are you just fearless by nature, or uh, t- talk me through how you were able to say? I can do this. Yeah. Maybe having Bana, right? Like partners in crime, did that help? Was that part of it? Yeah, look, it definitely, definitely does help to have someone else like do the things with you. Um, I, I don't think I could ever be a, like a founder on, on my own. Um, you know, all throughout my entrepreneurship journey, I've always had a co-founder. So my initial ones with Ash and then now with Bonner. Um, And the big reason why is because like I, and I, I think it's just a normal human trait thing, but I think it's definitely um, heightened in, in in women. But, you know, I think we, ha- I, well, I know I definitely have this knack of second guessing myself all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. I'll be like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then I, and then all the, you know, the doubts and the fears and the questions and everything just starts to, to pile in. And it's like, mm, should I do, should I be doing that? And it's more like, Everything from like really small, like should I change the button on this <laughs> sales page to like you know big decisions. And so I'm like, for me, I think I need to have a co-founder just so that it can keep me in check to be like, this I'm gonna exactly like get me out of my head and like let's just get on and, and do the thing. So, um, so I I definitely think having a co-founder has been incredibly valuable. I mean, there's a whole other host of other reasons, but that's a really really big one for me. Um. Now, being fearless in nature, like I, <laughs> I think it's come. Am I fearless? I don't. I don't think so. Um, oh, I shouldn't say it like that. I think in some ways I am, in some ways I'm. I'm not. Um, so I've always grown up in a, quite a, a structured environment. You know, again, we. So my parents were actually first migrants into Australia. So from Malaysia, um, went to Australia to give you know my brother and I a better life, better opportunities. You know um, that that story and but with that came these expectations of what I was meant to be doing so you know I got tutored from third grade I was learning to play the piano from like kindergarten um you know I had to get into the top school in the state you know take the take the test get into it my parents wanted me to do medicine I didn't end up doing that I did a law degree instead (laughs) um but you know that was kind of like second best (laughs) um (laughs) so you know it was kind of I had a very structured um you know, path laid out for me. Did you have a tiger uh, I, Um, I like in a, in a sense, yeah. Probably not as like as bad as it could have been, yeah. But definitely, you know, it was like you're going to do these things, and yeah, that's <laughs> um, yeah. So, so it was kind of. So I think I think I've always had this feeling. Now, one of the reasons why I didn't do medicine, funnily enough, was because. A, I didn't really enjoy science, so that was, you know, from a almost a, a technical perspective. But like, I think more so, I didn't like the thought of having of being pigeonholed because um, it was kind of like, well, if you do medicine, you kind of you become a doctor, and then you that's what you do for the rest of your life. Like, there isn't really too much more. Um, and so I think even at sort of that, you know, an earlyish age, which was late teens, um, I kind of realized that. I wanted the opportunity or the chance to be more and, and figure that out. I didn't, I didn't know what it was, um, but I knew that I just didn't want to be pigeonholed, you know, that, that early on. And so I think a part of me was always, you know, to back to your question, like what am I fearless in nature? Like maybe just because I knew that there was this something more, this something bigger that I, I wanted to be able to, to fulfill. I had this bigger potential 
Um, did that mean that I <laughs> was always fearless and, and I could act on these? Like, no, right? Because I've always kind of played it safe. I, you know, did my thing. I put my head down. I worked hard and I was just playing it safe for a lot, a, a lot of my, my life really. Um, and then, you know, come having like starting our first business, I, you know, when you mentioned like entrepreneurship is hard, like if I knew how hard it was, I don't think I would have done it. <laughs> like literally, this is why it's good not knowing sometimes. Ignorance is bliss, truly. Yeah, it really is. I don't think I would have done it. It is, it was so, because I was just like, yeah, we'll just, you know, it's easy, right? We get into a lease, not easy. We fit out, not easy. I don't know why at these each of these steps I was like, yeah, this is this surely is okay. easy. We got this, yeah. right? <laughs> none of that, none of those things are. Um, but I think the things about me is that once a, uh, I start a ball rolling, I can't help but need to, and that might have been my upbringing as well. It's kind of like drilled into me: you, you've got to finish what you start, type thing. Um, so because we were already on that path, I was like, well, I mean, look there's too much sunk, sunk cost already. <laughs> like may as well just keep seeing it, you know, to, you know, how, however far we can, we can take it. Um, so, so I don't want to interrupt you, but I do want to clarify. So I believe if I remember correctly, you still had your corporate income yes. yeah. when you started that business, right? So that kind of makes it easier because you know, like, you know, you don't have this, this huge revenue pressure. If you've got some, some, you know, funds coming, you can keep the lights on. Right. And, and yeah. Yeah. And that was the other really good, good thing about having a co-founder because Ash could sort of be in it full time and not have to worry as much about that. Um, and because, yeah. And then I would kind of be in the business part-time as such to begin with, because I did have a full-time job. Um, now, if I was trying to do that on my own, impossible. impossible right. Right. Like, and, and that's why, why you know, I, like I look at a lot of entrepreneurs who are in full-time jobs and starting something and I'm like, wow, like hard. It's hard. That is really, really hard. And at some point you do have to make the decision, like the choice to be, you know, where do I want to put my eggs? You, because at some point you do, you have to put your eggs in one basket. You have to make a decision. Otherwise neither are going to grow. That's right. Yeah. Um, Just yes. drive yourself crazy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so, so did that. And I kind of had to like, when when people are like, oh, what would you have done differently? I'm like, I don't know if I would have started a hospitality business. <laughs> Brick and mortar, right? I was yeah. when I was in California practicing law, I was like, I don't know how these businesses ever make a profit. It is so expensive. It's so expensive. The overhead for a brick and mortar business, it's insane. Insurance. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's just the running cost, right? But when you take into account, you know, fit out costing hundreds of thousands, so you're already in debt, like you're already paying money before you even open the doors. Um, and then, you know, the leases that you have, that you're bound to, all of those things that stack up. And it's like, you know, there was a reason why I had to keep my corporate job. <laughs> you know, well, you got to sell a lot of lava cakes, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, so it was like, it was incredibly, incredibly hard. But I think, you know, the, the good thing is that once you do get started, and I, and I, and I do believe in this, um, and you kind of like, you know, like you, the good thing about getting started is that no matter what obstacle you face, it's just another layer of confidence that you're building on yourself because it's like, well, if I could get, if I can get through that, I can get through the next thing and I can get through the next thing. And, and so again, back to your original question about like the fact that I've been able to like work on these different businesses in all these different areas is just because over time I've just built this innate confidence that I'm like, 
I don't know. I don't actually know how to make this thing work, but I have the confidence in myself that I can figure it out and I can do the well, thing. Right. It, and think. the confidence to say, if I try something and it doesn't work, I'm going to try something else. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's not going to take you out yes. uh, of the game. And yeah. that's a great point. Uh, if, if you don't, if you don't keep going, then yeah, I mean, and then there's also, it seems like, I don't know, for me, it's like, once you get into a certain point, it's like, I'm not quitting now. Like, I've, I've been, you're so invested in it, right? Yeah. You get to a certain point, you're like, I can't quit now. Like, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. And like everything, everything that I've worked on has actually been because it feels like it's because I fell into it. Um, now, that's not, is that the truth? Maybe a little bit, but really it's like, if you don't do things, it doesn't, it, it can't broaden your world to see new opportunities and new problems. So, you know, when we talk about hospitality to fashion technology, it was because I was having a chat with Bonner and we came up with this idea. But, you know, and then since then, like moving over, the reason why we went into agency work and e-commerce was because even though we decided to fail that idea, we had been speaking to boutiques and, and you know, um, businesses that we knew we could help in another way. So we went into agency work just to help help them. And then from there, we transitioned into coaching because it was like, well, we didn't want to just keep doing that. We wanted to be able to help more and, and leverage our time and everything. So that, so everything kind of like, the, we wouldn't be here where we are now having created Capture, um, the, an awesome software that you just, everyone has to know about. Uh, we wouldn't be here doing that if we hadn't been on, we hadn't gone through all of these iterations and this journey of that we have been through. So, well, I and that's, that's a great point. And I really want to highlight that, but for that initial failure, right. Yes. In that area, you would not have been led down this path of exactly. success that you found now in a couple of different other iterations of the business. And, yeah. and that's huge to understand like, and I think as entrepreneurs, we have this expectation, especially when it's an online business, right? We don't have that overhead. So it's like, oh, well, I can just make money out of thin air. It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's far from that, right? It's, it's just not that simple. And, and I think you're right. Sometimes it's a blessing. We don't know what we don't know, because if we knew, we maybe would not have the audacity to even <laughs> say, I'm going to try this. But the other thing, too, that you brought up yes. that I want to mention that I've discovered in, in my journey here with Overseas Life Redesign is that you learn more about your market and you learn more about your, your, who you're serving and how to serve mm-hmm. them. And that has really been what's driven my business is, you know, initially it was like, oh, well, people need help moving overseas. I know what my journey was. You knew Mm. your journey was as an entrepreneur, but we don't necessarily know what other people's journeys are and they have different challenges and different um, concerns. And so you start thinking about the way you've done it and you just go, oh, okay, well, they're just going to do it the same way and they're not, right? They're not wired the same way. They don't have the same backgrounds that we do. They don't have the same interests that we do. And so it's trying to figure out like, okay, what are their obstacles, what are they mm. most concerned about? Because as I've discovered, what I was my biggest concerns were not their biggest concerns, right? And so that evolutionary process, I just don't know how you get around that. I just think that's part of the journey. Would you agree? 
I I do. I agree. Like, and it, it pains me to say because, you know, as coaches, our whole job is to actually shortcut the journey for a lot of people. And I think we can, right? Because we do yes. have the strategies, we do have the frameworks, we do have things in place. But a lot of it, unfortunately, is like, yeah, you just have to experience a lot of these things. Like, I reflect on the stage of business that I'm at right now um, and how I can serve people and, you know, and all of that. And I just, I, no coach, no external person to me help, helping me, you know, shortcut or, you know, giving me those problems could have gotten me to, I, I had to experience it myself. I had to come, I had to go through my own breakthroughs. I had to go through my own epiphanies. I had to go and look inside of me, right, to find the, the my superpowers and, and things like that. And, yeah, I, I totally agree that you do have, everyone has to go through their own journey. Um, otherwise, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not there. Now, uh, like leveraging coaches to help me sell and become, you know, get me out of my shell and like oh, totally 100% that's because of, yeah, that's because of them. But, yeah, it, it has to be a mix of like definitely leverage people who have been there and, and have done the things that have the frameworks and the strategy that you can just kind of pick and, you know, lift and shift. Um, but you have to bring to it your own stories, your own journey, your own experiences, um, and make it yours. I think, yeah, I, so I definitely agree with you there. Uh, gentlemen, I worked with my, my, uh, when I quit practicing law, I worked with a direct sales company and he used to say at the counter of success, you must pay full retail, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. In one way or another. Right. Yeah. And, and part of that yeah. is yeah, you invest in coaches yeah. and people to do parts of the business that you can't do or don't want to do, yes. or you put in your time. Like there's no real uh, short circuiting that that process, that evolution. There's 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 sometimes you know things that can shortcut it, but at the end of the day, yeah, we we have to pay the price, mm-hmm. right, for our success. Well, this is awesome. I have one more thing I want to um, ask you about before we wrap up, and that is um, cultural differences. So was there any cultural culture shock when you moved from Australia? And particularly, since we're talking about entrepreneurship in business customs or, or differences, or was it pretty pretty much the yeah. same? Oh, no, there, there are. <laughs> so de- definitely your politics here is just it's like it's crazy. It's crazy. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> it's like absolutely insane. Insane. Like in Australia, like if d- politics barely makes the news. Like it's, it's just so. I mean, Harris, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, anyway, so that was like one big culture shock. Where I was like, oh my god, this. Yeah, this is. This, anyway, so that was one thing. What year did you move? What, uh, it was actually the year. Uh, it was 2019. 2000. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, you were in the thick of the, the political. Oh, yes. Yep. Right in the thick of <laughs> And in New York City too. So that's, that's a lot. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, so that was a big shock. Um, now from an entrepreneurship perspective, uh, like, and I think this is what I needed actually, like, and that, that's why I'm really, really grateful that I made this move um, because in Australia, the, you know, it is, you are a lot more, subtle you're a lot it's a lot more like nuanced mates and you know like yeah it's whereas here it's kind of like sales is so in your face like you can't you kind of can't get away from it but it makes you realize that you have to do it and that was probably a big a big reason for me from to actually just kind of like lean into that because I was able to get away from like the old 
culture, surroundings, environment, or what it is that was I could almost lean on as as an excuse that probably was kind of holding me back. So I was like, well, I don't want to, I don't need to be that person because I don't want to be pushy. Yeah, exactly. Um, Whereas here, it's a lot more of that, which is great because it made me realize like, yeah, I do. I have to kind of lean into that to be able to make a success. And um, so that was a, that was a, a bit of a culture, cultural difference as well. Um, and then apart from that, it was like little things, like the fact that you guys don't use the word fortnight, it's like biweekly, but then biweekly is like, is that twice a week or is that two, every two weeks? Like <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, come on, you guys. <laughs> That's funny. I haven't heard that before. I like that. Uh, it's is it so hard to use a word to have a word like fortnight that means every two weeks oh funny we need to we need to import that word in don't we I think that's a good word I like it yeah so just like little things like that and trying to like constantly I still haven't figured out the whole Fahrenheit to Celsius thing it's I, I just don't think it's gonna happen well, I'm with you here because I'm used to Fahrenheit. And now I'm in Celsius in Mexico. So yeah, I, trying to bake, um, you know, I, I'm constantly having to do the conversion. I, I know there's charts that you can like print out and put on your ear. It just makes no sense. It just makes no sense. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so just some little things that I've been picking up here and there. It's been fun though. It's been awesome. Oh, great. Well, and then I'll close with the last question that I always ask, which is, is there anything you'd like to share that I haven't asked you? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I mean, we could be here all day, Dawn. <laughs> we could. It'd be fun, actually. I, I can't wait to hang out with you. I'm going to have to go visit my friend uh, Richard in Manhattan, and uh, who yeah. has a bunch of Airbnbs, and we can go hang out. Go oh, eat the sure. Or something. For sure. Um, is there anything, I mean, not, not really. I like Obviously, if there are other entrepreneurs on here who want to know more about um, how to use, you know, social, their social media to get leads, like happy to have a chat with them or, you know, they can come over to my boot camp. But, um, yeah, in terms of, like, moving overseas, I, I, I think it has been the best decision I think I've made in my entire life. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So if anyone is ever thought about it, has been thinking about it, like just do it just do it that's what my last girl said too what about starting a business in a new country um it's um the other reason why I think we you know we chose somewhere like the states was because you know being English speaking at least there wasn't you know any particular barrier from that perspective but I can like having to navigate a different legal system a different like banking system like all those is has been challenging but would it like looking back, would I not do it because of that? Like, no. Um, so yeah, there's, there's going to be challenges obviously because it's just something new, but it's, that's all it is. It's just something new. Um, just something else that you have to learn, which is fine. Um, starting a business over here has been awesome. It's been amazing. Um, you know, I've met, I've met a lot of, um, great friends and networks just because of business. Because I mean, like I met you Dawn through business essentially, right? Like, um, I, well, that's yeah. a great point, right? What a great way to meet people yeah. uh, by starting a business, right? Rather exactly. than mm-hmm. exactly. So, um, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think I would not have done it any other way um, than what we've done. Perfect. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much for your uh, time today and all your w- words of uh, wisdom. There's a, was a lot in there, and I'll definitely put 
in the show notes, the uh, links, if you want to send this to me, so we get those in there. So if anybody wants to connect with you, because you're an amazing coach, and you've got an amazing software that I'm just getting started with that is um, really unique in the marketplace. and, And it's great. So thank you so much. This episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thanks for tuning in. Did you love this episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast? Then please subscribe to our show and leave us a nice review. It's very much appreciated. We invite you to visit paradiseroadmap.com. Thanks for listening.